You think that you are the number one dad? No offense, Homer, but your half-assed underparenting was a lot more fun than your half-assed overparenting. But I'm using my whole head. No wire My father would womanize, he would drink. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the first Hi, Mama. It's Lynn. Let's get it, Chuck. There's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. Hey, Amanda. Hi, Nathan. Welcome. It's been a minute, huh? It's been a very, very, very long minute. Two kids really eats into the podcasting time. <laughs> and two full-time jobs. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. Welcome to Mom and Pop Culture Christmas edition? I mean, latest episode. Latest episode of our weekly podcast. <laughs> Holiday edition of our weekly podcast annually. Our weekly annual podcast. Um, we're going to do Home Alone. Mm-hmm. All-time banger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all-time family movie, all-time Christmas movie, all-time charismatic all-time. 10-year-old performance. All-time John Hughes movie, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So John Williams movie, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Catherine Chris O'Hara Columbus. performance movie, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, lot of luminaries. Uh, it's a good one for a podcast. So it was released. And no- for our family. And for our family. Yeah, our daughter likes it. She yeah. liked the sequel. It's on Disney Plus. We always forget to mention that, but uh, like where we found it, but mm. like we had to find yeah, right. Home Alone, this, like we were digging. Um, so released November sixteenth, nineteen ninety. Did you see this in the theater? I possibly. I don't have a memory of it specifically. Sure, sure. Um, I definitely saw it in the theater. Definitely was at the age and time with my family where we saw it like multiple times. Hmm. Right, as did much of America. That's it, really interesting. Uh, it, it is, right? Like, I thought about it. We used to go to the movies like 50 or 60 times a year. That's a lot. Our family did not. But we still, like, especially when I was, like, under nine, mm-hmm. where it was like Matt was 10 or 11 and Andy was, like, an age to go watch movies, too. Mm-hmm. He was, like, seven. So, like, we could go to see a movie. Yeah, I I'm, I wouldn't doubt that we went to see this, and I would have been about four. I was ten, so like a little bit older than Kevin, but like the age Macaulay Culkin was uh, <laughs> filming, and like couldn't. It's the first movie I remember being. I want to be that person. Oh wow! Right, um, which we'll get into of like, yeah, my family leaving. What a fucking dream come <laughs> true. Uh, everyone in America went to see this movie many times. It had a budget of $18 million, which we can talk about. There was some cool, like, behind-the-scenes, John Hughes just sort of flexing his muscles type things where he, he got a bigger budget from a different studio. Uh, it grossed worldwide $476 million. That's in 91 money. Oh, wow. So that's, that's Plenty. pretty pretty <laughs> extreme. It was uh, the highest-grossing live-action comedy until 2011. Uh, you can see the notes here, but what do you guess? <laughs> what would your guess be as what supplanted Home Alone? I I mean, live action comedy had me thinking. And I was like, was Bridesmaids around that time? Mm-hmm. But no. It no, was. it's Hangover 2 <laughs> is is the highest grossing live action comedy. And now they don't just don't make live action comedies anymore. Right. So it'll hold the crown forever. Uh, it is uh, the second highest grossing film in 1990, second to Ghost. And the reason it has that weird distinction of, like, how did it make so much money but finish second is it spanned two years. 
Oh my god! Right, okay. so it comes out in late 1990, okay, that makes sense. and then has a bunch of its box office in 1991. Mm-hmm. It was the number one film for 12 straight weeks, so through the Christmas season all the way on into early February of 1991, and it was in the top 10 until Easter weekend, April 30th. Well, I mean, that is the time of the year when nothing good comes out, and this was a reliable good movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you could take the whole family. Yeah. And the pratfalls are like. Not as funny every time, but they're funny. Well, and you and I were talking about this. We watched it twice already this holiday season, and each time I got something different about out of it, mm-hmm. depending on the audience, depending on the time of day or how I was feeling. Like, one time I watched it really sentimentally, and the other time I watched it, and it was hilarious. You know, like... <laughs> it really hits on all cylinders. Was recognized, this surprised me, Culkin got a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy. He deserved it. He certainly did. Um, And then it got nominated for Best uh, Movie, Musical, or Comedy. It got uh, John Williams, uh, who we'll talk about briefly because, you know, we're not John Williams experts, but my God, what a career. Mm -hmm. He got nominated for Score and for Best Original Song, Somewhere in My Memory. Written by John Hughes, who was in the midst of just... The greatest creative run in the history of Hollywood, honestly. Um, his credits are, uh, I mean, tell me which one of these we will do. Mr. Mom. Possibly, Probably. yeah. Vacation. Yeah. Uh, 16 Candles. Uh, I don't think so. No. No, Breakfast Club. Probably not. No, Pretty in Pink. Maybe. <laughs> European Vacation, I highly doubt it, right? Yeah. From Vegas <laughs> Vacation before that one. Uh, Weird Science. No, maybe some kind of wonderful. All I need is all I care about is my drums and you. Yes. Flame chains and automobiles. We For might sure. do. We saw that a couple of uh, days ago. That was good. Uh, she's having a baby. Maybe. Yeah. The great outdoors. Probably. Sure. Uncle Buck for sure. Yep. Christmas vacation. We did. Already Home did. Alone. We're doing now. Then after the success of Home Alone, he had four films come out in 1991. Career opportunities. Only the lonely. Dutch and Curly Sue. I mean, Dutch and Curly Sue are the two I know. I don't know career opportunities are only the lonely. Uh, career opportunities is like a guy gets locked in a store overnight with his dream girl. I think it's like Jennifer Connelly. It's not good. Uh, I don't know <laughs> what only the lonely terrifying. is. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, home Alone, also a terrifying <laughs> premise, true, right? If yeah. you If you do it the wrong way. Um, Beethoven, which he wrote under the pen name Edmund Dantes. Do you know where that <laughs> name comes from? <laughs> Um, I don't. Did he think that nobody would make it because he was John Hughes? What? I have no idea. I didn't look it up. Why he felt the need to use the lead character from The Count of Monte Cristo's as his pseudonym? <laughs> I don't know who he was getting revenge on. Maybe that dog. Yeah. Who got, um, well, I mean, do you remember the movie? Who got behind a wall? He <laughs> what? Who got put behind a wall? Who got oh. sealed? Anyone in Beethoven? That's the Count of Monte Cristo, right? No, that's um, Cask of Amontillado. Isn't Count... that the same guy? Edmund Dantes in both of them? Yeah. No? No, Edmund Dantes is the character. Uh, Dumas wrote Count of Monte Cristo and Poe wrote Cask of Amontillado. Oh, okay. Which is, I think, the one where the guy gets boxed in. Count of Monte Cristo is like a legendary tale of revenge, where a guy's like... He makes a sandwich. Wrong, what? <laughs> yeah. A guy's wrongfully accused of a crime, so he makes an unbelievably fatty sandwich, and then That's serves really it to his enemy, and he slowly <laughs> dies of a heart failure. Um, um, any, in any event. Then he goes on to do, uh, after Home Alone, they want more Home Alone. Yeah. right? So he does Home Alone 2, Baby's Day Out, 101 Dalmatians, Flubber, Which and I then he's... Do. I would 
to potentially do any of those, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, And he gets a story credit uh, posthumously, I think, on Made in Manhattan and Drillbit Taylor, Taylor uh, with um, the Wilson brother. Yeah, so, like... Yeah, that's an incredible career. That's unbelievable. And, I mean, he died so early, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, who knows what he would still be putting out. Like, there might be some really cool like pieces of art that we're missing sure sure he could do an amazing limited series now i imagine oh yeah like uh, white form. lotus mm-hmm. style like for the family kind of drama comedy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it'd be it's a shame we lost him but it's it's an extraordinary career and it i mean it puts him on a level of like michael jackson in terms of like cultural impact of sure. the 1980s they ran their offices out of uh, a closed high school here I mean, in that Illinois. makes sense. Do you know uh, which one? <laughs> yeah, they converted some of the sets and uh, some of the rooms to sets, and they converted like the gymnasium to big other sets. And... Which high school? I don't remember. It's oh, on Wikipedia. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, John Hughes. I mean, he's from like the area without being from Chicago, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like so he's from I think I was Lansing, mm-hmm. um, in Michigan. Not in um, Indiana, which there are two of. But, like, people in Lansing, Michigan, occasionally still, like, they'll commute to Chicago for work, or at least did when I was growing up. Sure. Um, I think it's very interesting that, like, he has, he then moved to Northbrook, so, like, a Mm -hmm. um, northern part of the Chicago metropolitan area without Mm -hmm. being, like, I don't know, Chicago suburb proper. Sure. I just like the the feel of the film is familiar while very different from. Well, it's it's weird that it feels it's a suburb, right? Mm -hmm. But it feels cosmopolitan, Mm -hmm. right? It manages to you never see Chicago in this one, right? But you know it's there. Uh, Like the the way that my parents grew up, you went to the corner store, and that like we see Kevin do that, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But they grew up in Chicago. There that you can sense there's sophistication near it. Right, like they're going to Paris. The way that Dad drives, there's like those aren't just suburb suburbs. Like you got to be kind of close to the city. Yeah, you got to be involved in the city in that. And a very wealthy part of the city, very like waspy, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like very different than like my blue collar. Right, 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 right. Like version family. of the city. Like and, my and parents the... were from like blue collar working class backgrounds, but then were first in their generation to like go to college. Sure. Whereas Peter McAllister, like either crime lord or works at a bank. Right. He's an investment. He drives down to the loop. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. This is the first time he's seen his children in quite a while. In a while. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can tell that in some of their behaviors. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara is like a physician or like some equally impressive shit, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was directed by Chris Columbus and he, uh, again, a unbelievable career. We did Mrs. Doubtfire and I don't think we really gave him his due he wrote Gremlins and the Goonies. Like, we definitely could do the Goonies someday. Mm-hmm. He directed his de- debut was Adventures in Babysitting. Which, which I love. Which you advocate do. for all the time. Yeah. Uh, he did this. He did Only the Lonely, that one we can't remember, so that might be why. <laughs> we didn't speak well of him then. We did Mrs. Doubtfire, which was a, a blockbuster. He did Nine Months with uh, Hugh Grant and Julianne Moore. He did Stepmom. Um, I think Susan Sarandon's in that one. Uh, yeah, she is. It's a, a real tearjerker, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. We could do that one. Uh, he did Bicentennial real Man. period movie. <laughs> Stepmom is a yeah, real period piece. Uh, Bicentennial Man, I think Robin Williams mentioned explicitly in his suicide note. 
Uh, so That's it's not terrifying. <laughs> it's not not one of his best. Uh, we then did Harry Potter one and two, Christmas with the Cranks, uh, Percy Jackson. I've heard good things about Christmas with the Cranks, but I've never seen it. Sure. Season three of our podcast, we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, and then he, I guess, put a ton of energy and time into Pixels. He thought it would be, like, his big thing, and it was not. Ooh. Um, I, I mean, he's doing fine. Look at these movies. But he sort of was discovered by Steven Spielberg, who I believe you've heard of. I have. And, like, kind of was thought of as, like, the next guy. But, like, did anybody... I mean, people lined up for Harry Potter, right? Because it's Harry Potter. Yeah. But is anybody like, oh, my God, it's a Chris Columbus movie. No, but um, I mean, I think it it's, uh, lends like a certain gravitas or credibility to sure. something without and, uh, it being like, I know what that movie is going to be. You know? mm, mm. It'll be well done, right? Mm-hmm. These are all very well done movies, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, say what you will about like the content or uh, the fact we can't remember broad, only the long Like very broad. Mm-hmm. Everybody can go. Four quadrant pictures, right? Sure, you can sure, take sure. people of all ages. Uh, the music's Sean Williams, which like... I mean, come on. Uh, we used to, in college, if there was a jukebox at a bar, like specifically shitty college bars, we'd always put on John Williams. <laughs> like, that would be our go What were your go-tos? Uh, the theme to Jurassic Park or... Um, Jaws. Jaws, for sure. And then we'd walk around as sharks. There, you can't it's not uh, a video podcast about Amanda put her hand up on her head like a shark's fin and then I don't think this is John Williams but also the X-Files theme okay (laughs) you put that on yeah so it's you've got really sophisticated talent behind the camera and I think that creates an environment for a performance like you get from Culkin which Mm -hmm. we'll talk about um there are six movies in the Home Alone franchise I've seen the second one. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Mm-hmm. No, no real interest in any of the others. Um, the like Ellie Kemper, Rob Delaney, Home Sweet Home Alone was like widely panned. Um, Which is a bummer. Yeah, I'd, I'd like it to be good, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, so the cast, uh, very impressive. You have Macaulay Culkin as Kevin. I'm sorry. Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin, Culkin. <laughs> That's right. His middle name is Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> uh, because of a contest, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Pesci as Harry, Daniel Stern as Marv, Catherine O'Hara as Kate, uh, John Hurd as Peter McAllister, Roberts Blossom as Marley, John Candy has a cameo as Gus Polinsky, uh, and then uh, Kieran Culkin, who has come to some fame on um, Succession, is Fuller, who is wetting the bed as we speak. <laughs> yeah, it's just very well made. It's well acted. Uh, the script and storytelling is, as you would imagine, very simple and sophisticated the way John uh, uh, Hughes could do it. So there's a lot of a technique called planting and payoff where like you could think of it as Chekhov's gun. Like you see Buzz's gun on the wall and you know somebody's going to get shot. Mm-hmm. Early on, they're like telling Kevin to pick up his micro machines because people could break their necks on him, and then he's using them later in the film to um, derail the criminals. Buzz said he's going to feed him to the tarantula, and then we see Kevin putting that tarantula in Marv's face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They also use it to establish his like competence, where yes. he like sets up the starting lineup figures that he's going to like shoot down into the laundry chute, and he nails them all. But he's also like set up the support for it and the laundry basket's there to catch it and he's like thought it through in a very sophisticated and mature way yeah 
I like and is also I mean when he's talking to his parents and talking to strangers like the dialogue is um like he's not like a a snotty kid mm-hmm. like even mm-hmm. when he's being that he's like an adult could say those lines. Sure, sure. Like he's and an the way he does it in this like perfect Midwest way, where he's like being an asshole but still being polite, and like, which is like an unbelievable <laughs> skill I'd I'd never really seen until I came here. Until you married me. Oh no. Um, seen a lot of it since I married. <laughs> but it's really, uh, really well done from him. It, it, to that end, like the vibe is just perfect Mm -hmm. right and and the christmas music and the way it's chaotic but there's this darkness underneath it when i was watching it one of the times where like kevin first comes down the stairs when he's home alone Mm -hmm. (laughs) the room is set up it has that wallpaper and like the two-tone of like a burgundy and evergreen which was like the style of the 1900s Mm -hmm. (laughs) 90s Mm -hmm. um it it um was almost like a kubrick or wes anderson vibe Mm -hmm. where it was Mm -hmm. like this shot is like a piece of art Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we never see kevin's room even when he's alone, he's not in his bed. He's in his parents' bed, right? Yeah. He's, I mean, I, I guess been displaced by an aunt or uncle. Did you ever get displaced from your own room? Yeah, I did. When? Why? How? Uh, like if we had somebody visit like my grandma or something, sure. they'd be like, just go sleep with your brothers. Okay. Okay. I guess I might have, but I don't. I don't remember ever. I mean, except in my dad's house where, like, we explicitly weren't allowed to decorate our rooms as his kids in a 4,000-square-foot house. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I mean, when they first got divorced, like, we didn't even have, like, a bed. We were, like, slept on the floor in the closet. But, right. like, it's such a powerful choice to never see his room and to never I – mean, on the one hand, you lose, like, we don't know what's on his wall, right? We don't mm-hmm. know where his interest well, we in police comes from. Room. Yeah, we only see Buzz's room. <laughs> Um, um, we don't see any of the girls' rooms. Mm-hmm. We see, like, an extra bedroom in an attic, yet they have five children. Right, right. You're telling me that, like, t- daughter that has the Northwestern sweater on isn't, like... I'll be in the attic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, hasn't been there for, like, eight years. Right. Has, like, two... I mean, she's got three shits for brothers. She's mm-hmm. got Kevin and Buzz and that... The other boy. I, Fuller, I think, is a cousin. No, not Fuller. He's got glasses. Fuller has glasses. He's not Fuller. <laughs> okay. I know who you're talking about, I think. In any event, it's I think that's a really, really strong choice, and it indicates like just how little Kevin means to these people. So as I said, the Christmas tone is pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. But do you think, I mean, we watched it at Christmas. I can't imagine watching it any other time of year. But like at its core, is this a Christmas movie to you? I mean, yes, it's okay. Christmas time. It has the lights. There's like a light redemption arc to the old man, especially, but also to Kevin and his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think it's about new hope and new possibility um, in a way that Christmas movies often are. Sure. And reconnection. And reconnection. Yeah. But it's also kind of a horror movie. 
Sure. It's yeah. It's I mean that's how Hughes not as a horror movie but as a like out of fear he conceived it as he was going on vacation and was like what's the worst thing I can forget? Mm-hmm. I was like oh my kid. Right? So like I think that's a pretty compelling argument for like eh, it's a vacation movie, but like it doesn't work without the Christmas element. Well, I think well I think it would work without the Christmas element. I it think would it'd just be a half a billion dollars. No, it would be it would be um it would be Dutch or something, it would be you know. Dutch. <laughs> like, um, I think it'd Chris be Plummer... under siege with a kid, right? Like it'd be Die Hard. This was the age of like Die Hard on a bus, oh, Die Hard sure, on a boat. Sure. It would be Die Hard with a kid, sure. right? That's how you'd have to. It could be, or it could be parent um, with um... a hard edged look at parental neglect. No, it would be the um, what's that? Problem child. Problem child, sure. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. It's borderline problem child yeah, at yeah, times, uh, yeah. particularly early on. Columbus had been on vacation. He was the original director of the first vacation, but he couldn't work with... Uh, Christmas vacation, rather. We couldn't work with Chevy Chase. Oh, well, I couldn't either, so... No. so <laughs> and if you could, right? Um, so it was actually Chris Columbus who added the Marley story, the old man uh, that got to George Costanza. Um, <laughs> he added that to like give it that depth you were talking about and then complete sort of that redemption arc. And the extra terror. I think I think it's a very Catholic movie. I'm going to argue that. How do you mean? We see a lot of a church. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a Christian movie. Um, Keep going. Well. Don't talk yourself out of your own point <laughs> before you've made it. Um uh, the old man is really scary, and so was Jesus, like, as a child. Like, seeing, going to church, seeing the body horror of a man being tortured. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see the old man um, with a wound on his hand, on his palm bleeding, like a stigmata reference. And um, then he tells him, like, oh, I'm an outcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm going to hope somebody can forgive me for mm-hmm. the things for the trespasses I have trespassed against them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is my case <laughs> wet bandits is baptism mm. mm-hmm. yeah mm. that's a good one Rebirth. there's a sense of uh, he has to go up the stairs through the birth canal right, right, right. <laughs> um, but also there's uh, I mean Kevin could be considered like the chosen one Oh, absolutely. A little yeah. bit, right? His arc is the arc of all movies, right? Well, believe in yourself, mm-hmm. right? Your fear. You don't have to be afraid of what you're afraid of. Mm-hmm. Although he should, like those people. Yeah, be afraid of burglars coming to your <laughs> building, right? Like, so this is totally, yeah, you can make this a horror movie. Mm-hmm. If you were, so none of the, I briefly read some of the summaries of the other movies. None of them are, hey, the young lady gets left home alone. Yeah. You know, that's a very different total experience if it's an eight-year-old girl, Right. right. Uh, or even, is there an age where it would be okay for it to be a girl? I mean, I think it's just a different movie if it's mm-hmm. a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, the time period in which it was created. Sure. Like, like you make this movie now and it's really scary, like mm-hmm. I said. Like, it's not... Yeah, I, you, I mean, you have be... to make it scary. Like, the mom getting on a truck full of Polish polka guys <laughs> yeah. Polish strangers in, in uh, Pennsylvania that, that doesn't way, end yeah. well uh, they make a whole Netflix doc about it in terms of Culkin I mean he's the he's the breakout star of this right like he, he performs on a talent level with the 
pedigree of the people of the movie, right, with Hughes and Williams and, and Columbus. Uh, they had seen him in Uncle Buck. Hughes really liked him. He's got a small part. He's one of the kids. I don't know how um, you... I mean, poor Macaulay Culkin. This His parents are just pieces of shit, I guess. Well, I mean, and that's how you get a kid who can do this kind of performance. It had to feel terrible to do, mm. you know? Mm. Like... I mean... They auditioned 200 kids. Allegedly, uh, John Mulaney was asked to audition, and his parents said no. But what I kept thinking watching this was, like, how do you even get a kid to do some of these Mm -hmm. things? Like, how do you get... I don't know how you'd get our kid to memorize lines. Well, I kind of feel like he is... um, Like, Macaulay Culkin is Kevin McAllister. Like, Kevin McAllister is going to be a like burnout at 16 he's using so much energy to like figure out the world around him because he doesn't feel safe in it, it seems like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i think that that is macaulay culkin as well and like i mean god bless that he's made it out of his childhood because like other child stars weren't so lucky sure and he's got i mean i know his parents screwed him over but he's gotta have plenty of money <laughs> Yeah, right, like I'm he sure did. He, he did this. He did uh, one and two of this. He did My Girl. He did uh, Richie Rich. He had a, uh, the Good Son. You familiar with the Good Son? He's like a psychopath in it. Like, <laughs> okay. So it's he's him and Elijah Wood. And there's a uh, the big scene from the uh, trailer is he's holding him like uh, from a high tree. And he's like, "If I let you go, do you think you could fly?" Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's dark as shit. He was also in, um, what was that clubbing, raving movie that he Night did? Night at the Roxbury? <laughs> no. This was like a, a like a real portrait of club kids. I have and no like, idea, no. Oh, man, he plays a murderer who okay. like, murders his gay lover. Sure. Um, I say that. gay because I don't think the Macaulay Culkin character is actually gay. He's okay. just kind of like a piece of shit. Sure. <laughs> um. Real no, creepy. I haven't seen it, but I'm, uh, yeah, he played I'm into it. he played it well. Like, I mean, I think he's processing his shit very well. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> very um, publicly, but very well. Robert De Niro and both uh, and John Lovitz turned down Harry, which is uh, bummed me out. I like Joe Pesci, but I would like John Lovitz more. I think. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, yeah, that feels right. <laughs> Chris Farley auditioned for the role of Santa. Oh, hold on. Can I also say John Lovitz? I mean, he'd play such a good bad guy in The Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He would have been great as, like, bad guy in children's movies. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a bummer he didn't do it. Uh, Chris Farley auditioned for Santa, I said. Um, but it went to the guy who played Max from Armageddon and who's the guy on Seinfeld uh, that doesn't want to name his kid Soda. Gotcha. Um, Interesting. I wonder. I mean, Farley was probably too big. Probably. Or, I mean, 1990. Too big, you mean? Performance-wise. Oh, could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to, I mean, I guess he could be sentimental, but I bet that wasn't where he went with it. Yeah. Right? And that, I thought that Santa was pitch he perfect. He was, it was very good. The, like, like trying to throw the cigarette. <laughs> trying to start his car, car not got a parking yeah. ticket. Like, I love it's, that. He's, it's very, very good. All right, and so John Candy. <laughs> and he's, in he it. still pulls being nice to Kevin. Yeah, he's still sweet, right? Yeah. He's, he's still a Santa. Mm-hmm. Which, like, if you've ever had a job where you had to, like, deal with the public, when you're off, it is very difficult to yeah. continue to be nice to those I, people. I wonder if he, like, forgot to take off his Santa gear and was like, I have to. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> John Candy, for his cameo, he had one day to shoot, right? 
and they made him work 23 hours. Oh, boy. He got paid $414, and the upside was he got to make up all of his lines. Yes, I'm sure he did. So, I was, there was, like, I... Polka, polka. Forgot to look up John Candy's relationship with Catherine O'Hara before this podcast, but they have such an adorable rapport. Mm -hmm. They're both on SCTV together. Yeah, that's kind of what I... I, thought that because they're both Canadian mm-hmm. that I figured mm-hmm. they've, they've previously known each other from the comedy scene um, so like when he, John Candy's telling the story of the funeral home and leaving his child there mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. oh he you know after he started talking after a couple <laughs> weeks and she's just like oh my god I'm sorry I asked and he's <laughs> like well you did <laughs> like, they just like throw it back and forth to each other a lot mm-hmm. which is very cute there are I feel like John Candy gets like doesn't get his due you know, like people are like, oh, there's John Belushi and there's Chris Farley. And it's like in between there was John Candy as like the big comic guy. And he's like every bit as funny as those other guys. He just didn't destroy himself the same way. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe wasn't quite as bombastic, but like he's really like sweet and physical. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah, very good performance. All like uh, the idea of a polka prince is very accurate. Growing <laughs> up in the Chicago area with um, immigrant Polish family, like it's very funny that he has a name that he thinks she will recognize. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but like I like if there was a polka the band, kickers? Uh, yeah, like uh, Eddie Blazoinczyk and the versatile versatones. Like we used to listen to Polish radio on Sunday mornings, like making breakfast and stuff. And so I would recognize some polkas and stuff like that. And I, I think it's very funny too, that the um, closed captioning miss represents the one polka that he says in Polish, the Dome Bouge polka, which is like, give me a kiss. But mm-hmm. they like spell it really weird. It's the like just a okay. gibberish word. Oh, all right. This is mo- a movie that is steeped in the Chicagoland area, right? The house is yeah. up on Lincoln Avenue. We've been there. Yes. I made the scream face in front of it. Yes. Nobody ever thought to do that. Nope. First one. Yes. Um, just like that other picture of you holding up the leaning tower of Pisa. You were the first one. <laughs> first one to ever do that. Uh, Kevin runs away from Marley and Hubbard Woods, which is in Winnetka. The church uh, exteriors were all shot at Trinity United Methodist Church in Willamette. Uh, and the interiors were shot at Grace Episcopal in Oak Park. So pretty good representation of all the burbs. Um, no, just Some, the north. Just the north? Yeah. Those are the burbs I'm familiar with. <laughs> Those are all like the wealthy white people burbs in the north. Man, is this a movie about wealthy white people? Yeah, it really is. Going to Paris yeah. for thanks or for Christmas. Christmas. My God, yeah. everybody Having a, together. Having like, a ginormous fucking house, being yeah. able to afford five children. Yeah. They really do that opening well, though. I think that having, you know, I'm uh, one of six, and it's not often, but we have been on vacations together. We've been late for planes together. We've been in situations like this, given how poor of a planner my dad is. And, and they nail what a just clusterfuck it is and how easily one thing of like, Oh, the chaos leads to the milk spilling and it's on the passports. And now here we go on on the the dominoes of shit going wrong. Um, I thought that was all really well done. Yeah. It was very familiar to me to have a big holiday family party. Mm -hmm. I mean, like having cousins and aunts and uncles and everybody together during that time was like, that vibe was very uh, familiar. Mm-hmm. Being out of the pizza you want, but there's still a shitload of pizza left. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
hosting people was very familiar too <laughs> um like at our families for christmas holidays and stuff all right anything else you want to say about the movie as a whole no are you familiar <laughs> with any of the outlandish theories out there uh i don't believe so that like so this movie's been in culture for 30 years now yeah. right so people have gone over it not just with your your christian take which i really <laughs> like uh but that um kevin grows up to be the guy from saw jigsaw who like tortures people oh yeah i, I can see that right <laughs> um that uh marley is kevin from the future okay why i, I don't know just that's <laughs> that's like grown-up kevin come back to help him right he's like all alone he's estranged from his family he knows sure. he's in that house okay somehow and that's i think that's it that's all the ones i i saw that were strange i mean it, this is truly a movie about isolation you know like <laughs> That's why the, it resonated so much with me yeah, at 10 years old and like being you know in the suburbs in the suburbs and white people that being like they're like there's nobody that kevin can go to for help mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. there are people all around him mm-hmm. and that is terrifying yeah he like there's nowhere he can go for help and he like seeks solace in the church but instead opts for violence right like yeah. it's a wild version of of america that is like there's actually, no one like, at the apropos. church yeah like there's nobody at the church that he feels he can go to he can't talk to the people who are like helping him at the store like the other moms and stuff like there are I, there's just so many like the police officer comes to the door no fucking way would mm-hmm. you answer it like mm-hmm. cool like there's a lot. We'll talk about that because I think that comes from mom's poor communication skills, particularly <laughs> okay. in crisis. Yes. Okay. So mom's let's do our categories here. We got the mamas and the papas, All right. the literal parents in this. We'll do Peter first, and then we'll talk about Kate because I think we have more to say about her. She uh, gets the full like B plot of the movie. So Peter is uh, John Hurd, who, if you want to see what phenomenal acting looks like, watch him in the first season of The Sopranos. It's just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Kind of a uh, schnook in this, right? Doesn't have a lot to do. No. I found it interesting that the cop shows up and his first question is, am I under arrest? <laughs> yeah, what, <laughs> what have you been doing? What has been happening, <laughs> Mr. McAllister? That's another one of the theories is that he's like a crime boss. I mean, <clears throat> I think they're too white for that. <laughs> like, it's, I mean, he's a crime boss in the way that he's like on fucking Wall Street. Sure, like exploiting people with trades with and, and, with white collar crime yeah but usually mob boss is used in a different way sure sure <laughs> do you get the sense he's paying for this trip or the brother's paying for the trip because it's like a fifteen thousand dollar trip i mean it's not the uncle who's called it ain't frank we'll, yeah. we'll get to frank <laughs> um it's not frank it's probably john heard peter McAllister and his brother like, like maybe splitting it yeah, maybe they're like, oh, we'll cover the Frank. <laughs> the mm-hmm. Frank. How, who do you think Frank is? John, I assume he's his brother. Oh, okay. Okay. So he could be he could be Catherine O'Hara's brother, right? Or, or is he an, a married in? Oh, that's a good point. I don't think he's married in. Because there's that line where she's like, oh, if Uncle Frank says no, then it must be really bad. That feels very like you'd say about your brother. You know, I thought he was a, a very good representation of a dad who's not really there. Yeah. Whether that was intentional or not, uh, you know, I don't know. But he's very, like, seems important, but when you actually look at it, isn't. Yeah. You know? Um, just sort of waits in Paris and gets everybody home Christmas morning. Um, 
but is is misses all the fun mm-hmm. right like solves the problem i guess but we don't really care about him and, and he's not really involved mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be that invested except in that one scene that is uh, i have to mention because it's my mom's one of her all-time favorite scenes where he is on the phone and he's trying to speak French and he's asking if anybody there speaks English. And he's like, Avez-vous encore par anglais la? And just like screams at it. My mother said that for seven months after this movie. Gotcha. Kate, Catherine O'Hara. Oh, Catherine O'Hara. She's, she's, she's wonderful. Uh, I mean, she was very important to my childhood in um, all of the movies that she's in. Uh, Beetlejuice, this, um, Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, any Christopher Guest <laughs> film she shows up in. Um, she's just um, just phenomenal in this movie. Like, the there was, like, a reaction scene she was doing. She was hearing some news. And, like, the acting, the subtlety of, like, an eyebrow raise. And, like, you knew exactly what she was feeling. And, like... <laughs> That's perfect. Plus, she's so freaking funny. She's mm-hmm. just like, she does a character real well. Yeah, she's very, very good as the like matriarch of all this chaos. Mm-hmm. Like, totally by her as the mom to all of these kids. Could mm-hmm. see how Buzz is Buzz and could get that from her. Could see how the like daughter who's over it could get that from her. Could, could see it all in, in all of them, right? While we'll talk about some of the things I don't like about like the way she handles Kevin in the beginning, oh, like no. yeah. her tone with him is a little bit sweet, right? And like her manner is loving. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that Midwest thing I talked about earlier, where it's like I'm being sweet to you as I send you to the room you're scared of by yourself, <laughs> right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that edgy thing, uh, and I really like that she tips the pizza guy well. I oh, think yeah. that's like a really mom thing, particularly at the holidays. Well, and I get the sense that she has her own career. She's got her own shit outside this house. Sure. Okay. Okay. What gives you that sense? How over it she is of everything. How she's like leaves the house without makeup and puts it on the on the plane. <laughs> she's used to being in motion and being on the road, and it just feels like it's not just picking up after kids. Mm. So those are the parents. As far as the pseudo parents, we mentioned Uncle Frank, <laughs> written for Kelsey Grammer, but he couldn't couldn't make the schedule work. Um, I get that. I see some Kelsey Grammer <laughs> in this guy. Yeah, sure. what a great asshole. Uh, yes, exactly. Look what you did, you little jerk. Uh, as I said, the mom saying uh, if Uncle Frank said no, it must be really bad about the movie. Stealing the crystal in first class. Uh, I liked that. Eating the shrimp. Do you think Frank and his kids came back? Or they stayed in Paris, right? Yeah, for sure they stayed in Paris. They stayed for the whole thing, and we're just like, oh, good luck with Kevin. I mean, yeah, for sure. That's that's a guy who's not going to offer you any support. No. Did you have uh, relatives like Uncle Frank? <laughs> Meaning, I mean, yeah. I mean, and that's why I thought he was, like, married in. Because, like, mm. his attitude about everything is so different, and nobody is willing to come at him for it. Mm. Like, everybody is hands-off with Uncle Frank. Like, oh, well, I guess he's just doing that. Where, like, I feel like if he was a sibling, the other sibling would be like, dude, cut it. Mm. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't call my kid a jerk. Whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. 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 That's very interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, we had... They're all Uncle Frank. <laughs> 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 they're all... There's no help coming from any of them. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I wouldn't steal the crystal, but pretty much everything else. Uh, is right on there. Um, there were various aunts, but like they just all kind of blurred together 
for me. There's only it? two, right? There's yeah. the one who's married to Uncle Frank and then the one who's in Paris. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, again, not not much to do. Marley, I guess, is a pseudo-parent. He's the old man. Yeah. Played by Roberts Blossom. Again, added by um, Chris Columbus to round out the story. Uh, I like that he said, you know, never too old to be afraid. Do you know what else he was in? I don't. I don't know off the top of my head. I did not look him up. I like the arc of, like, perception he gets, that at first he's scary, and then he's helpful. I think that's the point of much of the movie. That's, like, one of the big themes they're trying to lay on is that, like, I mean, Kevin literally says at one point, you know, I was scared of it, but if you face up to it, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he brings that out really well. I like that he, like, it's a little cheesy that he kind of looks like Santa Claus. It's a little cheesy that his name is Marley. A little creepy that he's in that house at the end. Like, I mean, I guess I would. he's seen this kid all around the neighborhood by himself. He might be keeping tabs on him. Um, but I don't know how he knows he's in that house. Well, he, I mean, he could he could have seen him run in there or run to the backyard and seen those other guys walk inside. Sure. I mean, he seems like he knows Kevin's home alone, but doesn't seem to know what to do with it. Just mm-hmm. like he knows his kid's upset with him, but doesn't seem to know what to do with it. He was also in uh, The Great Gatsby, Deranged, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Escape from Alcatraz, Christine, and The Last Temptation of Christ. Okay. So... Varied career. Yeah. The uh, bird lady in the second one has an Oscar for my left foot. <laughs> Wonder. Those are the pseudo parents, right? I don't think I tried to figure out a way to fit Harry and Marvin here somewhere, but they're just not. They're, that's the point, right? They're not part of the family. They're yeah. like the invaders. Yep. Um, brothers and sisters and cousins. Um, we talked about her before. And one of my favorite characters is the sister with the Northwestern shirt who's just looking over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like version of Kevin who I think took the intellectual route to escape. Oh right? yeah, yeah. I still um, go to school. Very familiar, and I loved the interaction between her and Buzz, where mm-hmm. he, like she's trying to count and he's mm-hmm. making it hard for her. Uh, I like the sister speaking French uh, to oh Kevin. Oh my god, yeah. About how confident he is. She's great. Uh, she's the very re- Lisa Simpson character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The McAllisters uh, answer to a question no one asks. Yes. They do a really good job of just showing how alienated he feels from these people and how, like, they're shitty to him. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, he's just everybody's punching bag, both literally and figuratively. I liked Fuller. I loved the, you know, no more Pepsis uh, or you'll wet the bed. Mm-hmm. Did you have bedwetters in your family? No. I mean, at least not that I knew of. Sure, sure. <laughs> how about you? Uh, yeah, my sister wet the bed until she was like eight. Oh boy. Um, and yeah. then Buzz is the just the all time. What are you looking up on your phone? Uh, the brothers, because I think there's one more brother. Okay. And I think it might be. I should have looked it up before. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff McAllister. Okay. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about Jeff McCausher? You just want to acknowledge that he exists. Uh, I think that's probably how he feels. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it. I, I like he's just... at 25, like writing acoustic songs about how he wish he'd been left home alone. Yeah, just like forgotten. Exactly. Exactly. Um, he gets the least of the parenting and will probably be better for it. <laughs> could be. Buzz is oldest boy. Yeah. And acts very much like that. Yes, he as does. A, as a, a buzz at times. Huh. Uh, I, I got this guy. 
Uh, did you have a buzz in your family? I mean, yeah, but I think that the, it would be an uncle. <laughs> sure, sure. Who's just kind of a shithead bully. Yeah. Yeah, I think every family has one. So then the next category is Damn Wiener Kids, which I pitched to you. I think we should rename the Kevin McAllister Damn Wiener Kids. Uh, <laughs> For outstanding uh, achievement in the yeah. field of being a damn wiener kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my God. Mm-hmm. It's like, what a slate of obnoxious behaviors that are also still being practiced by our child. Like, yes. Interrupting mom on the phone that he can't pack for himself. I really liked the point of view shot of everyone being mad at him. That was like very well done and made me feel like a kid. Uh, I like that he's scared of the basement and gets over it. That he eats junk food and watches like uh, R-rated TV. Like that's what I want to do now as a 42-year-old man with my downtime. So I related to that big time. When he rode the sled down the stairs? I mean, all of it is like 10-year-old kid stuff. It's the best. Yeah, where you're just like smart enough to figure out how to do something, but not why you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, My sister and I, one of our my funnest memories with her was we took the mattress off my bed and rode it down the stairs up and down, and it was so much fun. That sounds awesome. Um, I don't think it would, if you look at the angle, I don't think you'd make it out of the house, though. Uh, there's, there's so much physics stuff in this. Yeah, there's a couple of times with that staircase. It's like, I don't think you guys even think it through, right? Yeah. I like that uh, the scenes of him shopping on his own. I thought those were really relatable, both what he buys and, like you said, how he tries to be an adult <laughs> and, like, simulate what he's seen his parents do. Looking at coupons mm-hmm. and reading and kind of chatting it up with the checkout person. Uh, I also related to, like, sleeping in his parents' bed and using their bathroom. Yeah, absolutely. If they weren't home, for sure. Yeah, I was like, being in a hotel. <laughs> um, yeah, especially at my dad's when he, like, had a nice bathroom. It was really cool. His just mannerisms uh, were very relatable. And, like, I remember, like, the, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And the, like, the scream, obviously. And the, like, yes, where he, like, pumps his arm down <laughs> yeah, to him, right? Like, kids kid- did that, you I know? like do that. Like, um, but no, what I mean friends? is I knew kids who like, and I myself oh, emulated who, like, it, emulated it. Right. Gotcha. The way like I knew girls in college who talked like Monica from friends. Sure. Right. Uh, it, it was, yeah, what an insane level of fame. Mm-hmm. He hosted SNL. Yeah. It's bananas. Yeah. See, so, yeah, I, I mentioned this, that like he, he, there's this weird paradox of like, he, he can go to the church. Mm-hmm. Right? He at the one point hides in the nativity scene. Like, he knows the church exists. He could go there and explain what's happening very, very easily and instead opts for violence. I mean, and like I... that. Hold on. That's American. <laughs> like, that's that is 21st century American male. For sure. And I was just thinking, like, I, the church I grew up in, I could definitely go in there, but I would be terrified to talk to anybody. Sure. 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 Like they'd all, I don't know any of them really. And like, you're supposed to, I mean, from my parents' perspective, not bring any of yourself to church and just be like, uh, like, look at how presentable I am. Look at how well I'm doing. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> what a nightmare church that is I, you got there. It's not the church. It's the parents. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then the other obvious, uh, um, wiener kid, I mean, buzz wiener kid. Oh my god! But yeah. the one of the the wienerest kid of them all is the kid who Fuller. gets miscounted. Oh, 
No, I, was say Fuller. I mean Fuller's just got a bladder problem. He's if Uncle Frank were your dad, you'd he, be anxious too. Absolutely, but the way that he like tips the soda to Kevin, he knows what he knows. He knows like he's not doing. supposed to do that, and he might pee his pants, and he doesn't care. <laughs> Which is I mean, they're the really movie. brothers, so that look was was very was, was real, right? <laughs> um, was very real. And then, the, yeah, but yeah, the inquisitive neighbor kid, the like Eddie Haskell yeah, yeah. throwback type character. Yeah. Does this man have four wheel drive? <laughs> <laughs> automatic transmission. Uh, did you have a neighbor like that, uh-uh. or you were that? Uh uh-uh. uh no, we okay. we didn't. You've grown into that. I've grown into that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that with my friends' parents for sure. Okay. I mean, when our daughter asks me questions, I'm like, mm, yes, payback. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know something? Yeah. Can I tell you something? Hey, mom, do you want to know something? Yes, 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 yes. So, in the movie where they left their kid uh, while they went to Paris flying in first class with the kids and coach, did you see any bad parenting? <laughs> I mean, um, I cannot, I don't, well, I don't know what it's like having five kids, and we have two, and that's hard enough. And it's plenty. It, I, I don't know how you have five kids, um, and I for that reason, believe you can leave one behind. <laughs> but I think that that He's is not... fine. The movie proves that. <laughs> no, I don't mean you, you, you can't... I mean, like, I can see how you could forget Oh, you see child. how it could happen? Okay. All right. Like, I... <clears throat> if I were the mother of five children and I had the also... Um, responsibility of getting my brother's family out of the house to make a plane on time to go see my other brother. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, maybe I would forget the child who was being a shit to me the night before. <laughs> All but right, I can see that. I don't see... <sighs> I mean, we very they do a good job in the script of like... Not making uh, you hate Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, not making you hate... Well, not until she tries to communicate about what she's done. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's. I suppose I could see that. But it's it to me, it's just... It's, you miss the plane. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, the second time when we watched Home Alone 2, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no way. There's you're no just way like, no, I'm sorry, we'll get on a different plane. Yeah, like, it's, that's it's, fine. We will miss a bunch we'll of this We'll miss vacation. it, or we do, God forbid, we don't go on the trip. Like, it's yeah, not, you right. know, we'll go there's slow. There's some more important things. Yeah. Which I think is this the movie's trying to tell everybody. Her call with Officer Balzac. <laughs> and who that's a that guy. That's a that guy. He's one of the, one of the many people in this uh, show that uh, was also on Seinfeld. He played the Kramer actor. Mm-hmm. He's the neighbor and friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the the one who thinks they're all too loud, right? Mm-hmm. She calls the police department, and the movie could be over. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the problem, right? And and that's why the scene stands out. She cannot explain coherently what has happened, and it is the reason there's an hour and a, twenty minutes after it, right? Yeah. Is, is, uh, it's really frustrating, but I guess if you frame it as like you have five kids, you're worn completely thin, probably been up the whole time. And she thinks she's doing a good job telling them, and mm-hmm. they don't, they have no action mm-hmm. from that point. Like, I mean, also the police are awful. What right. What are they going to do? Yeah. I mean, the, in general, the police are awful. Show up of after a crime has been committed and ruin everybody's lives. Yes, That's exactly. That's what they'll be here to do. Exactly. So, like, I mean, I don't know what the they would do like i i don't believe that there is no one she can mm-hmm. talk to in the area i was gonna ask you that was that as somebody who grew up in the burbs here do people just get the fuck out of dodge on 
November or December 22nd? Not to my knowledge. I mean, sure. there were plenty of people who did go on vacation, but like go up and down the street and ring on, knock on doors or call people. I mean, like that was an age where people still had phone books. Mm-hmm. Like you could, you could still yeah, get it is, people's Yeah, you numbers. mentioned the second one. His phone book plays an integral role in the second one. Like yeah. surely they like, can call everybody. Like he can everybody. call like a friend or something. And they're like, oh, we only got machines. Well, did you leave a message? Right. Should yeah. you explain? Like well, maybe the... they'll check in. Maybe they know someone. Maybe, right, you know, right. Call the church. Call, call the <laughs> like, school. Yeah. Call, yeah. I mean, you don't have anyone. You you probably have a class list, you know, like to be able to call people or whatever. Did you ever get left home alone? I mean, we were latchkey kids, so yes, but not like overnight by accident. I don't. Obviously, you didn't get left. I mean, like overnight. Do you remember um, the first time like your parents left? Yeah, I mean, maybe they never did leave you and your brothers really go overnight. Yeah. Mm. Like, it was more like we're working or we have to be somewhere. When I was, like, 17, my mom and sister went on a trip and I had the house to myself. And it was the first time I ever heard myself think. Oh, my God. My entire life. <laughs> like, it was, it was amazing. Where did they go? I don't remember. It wasn't what I was thinking about. Was your was mom it? nervous about having you home alone? Uh, probably I stayed at, um, my friend's house, like for a night or two of it. And then I was, uh, home by myself, I think one night. Uh, so it wasn't entirely like three straight nights and like they took good care of me and, you know, it That's was, good. it was That's fine. Nice. Um, it was the best. Training I, wheels type situation. Hmm? Training wheels type situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, also was a latchkey kid, like had to get up in the morning and get to school by myself and, uh, by the time I was Kevin's age and had to uh, take care of myself after school. What other bad parenting did you see? Um. The way they she disciplined him of like just sending him upstairs with no dinner. Yeah, that stinks. It's like very like 1971. Yeah, that stinks. You know, um, and paid and they paid the price for it, right? right. Like. Everyone else seems to be able to be a shithead, but not Kevin. Not Kevin. Yeah. He's, um, he's, um, yeah, I don't, I, I really don't understand. Like, he spilled milk. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a saying about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they were trying to get rid of it. They she explicitly says that. And, like, you know, I guess the way that, like, it falls to the lowest person. But, like, Buzz is the instigator in this. And mm-hmm. maybe that's, you know, John Hughes' point. That, like, he's, not, you know, Kevin's not the instigator of it, but he still pays the price. What about good parenting? Um, I mean, you can tell the warmth with Catherine O'Hara. And she knows her children well. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and like they are spending the holidays together. Mm-hmm. 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 I think the like intensity of her desire to get back and the like length she goes mm-hmm. are indicative of someone who really cares, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that he like is affectionate towards her and like misses her. I think yeah. is the indicative that they have a pretty good relationship. He wants their family back. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Kevin, his competence is a testament, I think, to their parenting. Sure. 
Yeah. Right? Like, he, he got it from somewhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's seen someone swing ropes. Yeah. And, like, uh, you know. Overparenting. Overparenting, right? Maybe. Yeah. Like, He's go. He can go out and cut the tree down himself. Right. Right. He like knows he, where you the know. ladder is. Yeah, it's real, um, real industrious. Yeah. Very like late twentieth century yeah. American male fantasy too. Yes, absolutely. It's, like, it's just me against the invaders. I, I'll be here. I will keep myself, myself safe right. through my sheer I don't ingenuity. Need anybody except my mommy. <laughs> well, just need my mommy. I told you that my grandpa a real. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, guy. Wanted his ashes sprinkled on his mommy's grave. No, because the whole big circuitous journey back to nowhere. Yeah, yeah. so I think I mean I, I mean yeah, I, his, yeah. his acumen. I, mean, I I love Catherine O'Hara and, and she seems to love her kids, but there's a lot of bad parenting in this movie. Mm-hmm. So a, but it's also like they got a girl at Northwestern. Yeah, you know they're doing like everything else, right? It's it's complicated complicated it smiles and cries right it's, it's all of the above um any last thoughts on home alone um there's one scene that becky and i every time home alone would be on tv we'd record and send each other on the phone okay what scene is that <laughs> it is where Catherine o'hara is talking to that old couple mm. of which there are two character actors one who has been on seinfeld mm-hmm. that old man mm-hmm. <laughs> the wife is trying to talk her husband into like trading the tickets sure. so that they can um do this favor for uh Catherine o'hara uh kate McAllister. and he finally relinquishes and he goes oh all right <laughs> we sent that line read to each other all the time that's very funny um last thing about parenting i think kevin does some really good self-parenting oh my god absolutely um particularly like confronting his fears uh first with the furnace and then with the uh invaders well and again i think goes to say what um macaulay culkin he's he's doing the healing he's Mm -hmm. keeping going (laughs) i think kevin will too where do you think Kevin is now? Oh boy, um, doing some sort of community work. Oh, I think quite the opposite. <laughs> I think he's like Eric Prince of Blackwater, like oh my running God. A mercenary teams through uh, the Middle East. Maybe, um, or maybe he's teaching at an Afghan school. Okay, teaching what? Like, um. I mean, the way that those teachers have to be physics. everything. I was going to say English, but um, physics is very funny. <laughs> Paint cans and the human face. <laughs> oh, all right. This has been Home Alone. We'll be back next week. Beer. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, thank you for listening. Find us on social media. Tell a friend. Oh, all right. Have a happy holiday. <laughs>